recorded live.
that we might be justified by faith. And verse 25, just for reading's sake, now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Capital B in our outline, God leading equals God showing. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you this day, Father, for you alone are God and beside you there is none other. Father, you woke us up today. You put the breath of life in our mortal bodies one more time. For these and many other blessings, we say thank you. We laud and magnify your holy name. We reverence you. We honor you. We sing hallelujah to the Most High God. Father, as we gather together in the name of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will speak for your servants, your people, your children have gathered to hear you. I pray, Father, that you will sensitize every heart under the sound of my voice that they may not hear my voice, but they may hear your voice. You told us in your word that your sheep know your voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Father, I pray that whatever the container, whatever the vessel, may your people hear your voice. And may we add to the hearing of your word uh, works, because you've told us in your word that faith without works is dead. Father, may we add works that we might experience the abundant life that Christ came for us to have. Father, we are looking with eager expectation, much like children on Christmas who are looking forward to gifts from their parents, gifts from their loved ones. Father, we are looking for a gift from you today. We are looking for a gift from your storeroom of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. We are gathered much like the Berean Christians. We are eager. We are in eager expectation looking forward to hear what you have to say. We trust, Father, you will not disappoint us, but that you will give us food for our souls. You'll give us fuel for our very essence, that we may go on and carry on in you, doing those things that are pleasing in your eyesight. Father, these and all of the blessings we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. Let God's people say Amen, amen, and amen. Galatians chapter 3. Very powerful chapter. Pointed right at the saints of Galatia by the Apostle Paul. Paul was very upset with God's people. God was very upset with God's people. There were Judaizers or legalists who had slipped in among the believers. And these Judaizers were basically trying to mix faith with observance of the law. Now, you've got some people today that are still trying to mix faith with observance 
of the law. And just like the Spirit of God, through the Apostle Paul, rebuked these types of individuals 2,000 years ago, these types of individuals are still being rebuked by the Spirit of God and by his true servants. There is no faith and. There is no faith and. Faith in Jesus Christ is enough. No mixing with the law, no mixing with the the, 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 the Torah, no mixing with, uh, uh, no, no mixing, no mixing. God's faith in Jesus Christ is enough right by itself to get you from earth to glory. You don't believe it? Ask the cross, the thief that was hanging beside Jesus on the cross. He was about to die along with his partner and along with Jesus. But one of the things he said before he left this world was that, you know, uh, Master, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today, Jesus said, today. Jesus said, well, what you've done up here on this cross as you have displayed faith in God's only begotten son, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus said, look, you don't have to pay no tithes. You don't have to sell no chicken dinners. Jesus said, look, you don't need to be dressed up in no signing suit. Jesus said, look, you, don't need, you ain't preached no sermon. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Faith in Jesus Christ. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? Our faith in what Jesus is in what in the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is what gets us saved. Now, the proof of our salvation is in our works. Not that our works have saved us, but our works prove whether we have really been saved. All right, come on, come on, children of God. You say, Apostle, say that one more time for me now, because this this has been confusing me for some time. All right, let me give it to you like this now. Faith in Jesus Christ, period, gets you saved. But your works, now that you are in Jesus Christ, will prove or let us know whether you are really saved. See? What we want to make sure that we do in Christ is make sure that our works are in line with the word of God, or the words of Christ. The faith in Christ got us saved, but now we want to make sure our works are in line with the word of Christ. Paul was upset, and God was upset. These Judaizers were trying to mix, mix legalism. They were trying to mix Old Testament practices with faith in Christ. And Paul, Paul called them foolish. Now, the scriptures, Jesus said, look, you, you know, anybody that causes brother fool is in danger of hellfire. Paul was close. He, he didn't say it. He didn't call it. He didn't say, you fools. He said, you foolish. Paul was very upset with what these Galatians were allowing to be done right up under their nose. So this is why he comes off like this right here in, in, in verse 1. He calls and says, you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Paul says, before your very eyes, Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Paul said, look, y'all know what it takes to be saved. Now, what is this now? Paul said, what, what is this now? What, what we, got? We, we got new doctrine now. We got new doctrine around here now, what it takes to be saved. Y'all watched Jesus be crucified. Y'all know that he raised from the dead on the third day. Now, Jesus, now, now, now who's coming in telling you that you need something else other than that? What, what is this new doctrine? 
that's going on here. Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Then Paul asked a simple question. I, I like this about Paul here because, I, you know, this is something that I have incorporated. Because this is how you can spot the devil. This is how you can spot the devil real, real quick. See? Yeah, yeah. Let me. Some of you all understand my voice. Let me give you how you can spot the devil real, real quick. A straight yes or no question or, or a straight question with two possibilities and one answer be right and the other answer be wrong. Jesus said it like this, let your yeses be yes and your noes no. Anything beyond that come from the evil one. That's a yes or no question. Get a whole lot of explaining. There is the devil. There's the devil. Oh, I done been in so many places straight. Yes or no question has gone out. Joe was going through a whole lot of explaining. I'd be in my spirit. I'd be like, there's the devil. There's the devil. Paul said, all I want to know from you is just one thing. Paul in verse 2, Paul said, I just want to learn one thing from you. Galatians. He said, now, did you receive the Holy Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Paul said, that's all I want to know. Paul said, look, I, I ain't trying to go all, yeah, get all too deep into your business. I ain't trying to get all too, I just, Paul said, all I want is an, is an honest answer to that question right there. See, because when folks can't give you an honest answer, then that means there's some, that, that means the devil is involved. That means the devil is involved. Paul said, I just want to learn one thing. Well, what Paul understood is that if they said that they received the spirit of God by observing the law, then Paul's thing is, then why did Christ have to go through all of what he went through? What was the purpose of Christ dying? All we had to do then was just obey the law. Christ could have, Christ could have left all that death and burial and resurrection stuff. He could have left all that out. He didn't have to go through all of that if you receive the Holy Spirit by observing the law. But then what Paul knew is that they received the Holy Spirit because they believed what they heard. And you out there under the sound of my voice, if you received the Holy Spirit, you received him by what you heard. Somewhere you had faith. The Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you have the Holy Spirit, because I realize that some, a lot of you don't have the Holy Spirit, but if you have the Holy Spirit out there under the sound of my voice, it is because you believed what you heard. And that's what Paul asked him. He said, did you, did you receive the Holy Spirit? by observing the law or by believing what you heard. Paul knew that the only, because the only way you can receive the Holy Spirit, you've got to believe what you have heard. You have had to have heard God speaking somewhere, and you have had to believe God's report. Somewhere, somewhere. If you've got the Holy Spirit out there somewhere, somebody preached Christ to you. Somebody preached sound doctrine to you. Somebody preached a word from God to you that you believed. Paul said, I know exactly how you got the Holy Spirit. Because Paul said, I know how I got the Holy Spirit. I believed what I heard from God. Now, here's the thing, because what Paul understood is that if, and since you received the Holy Spirit by believing what you heard, don't you know that if that's what got you into Christ, then that's what's going to keep you moving forward in Christ? believing what you heard. In other words, you don't have the Holy Spirit under the sound of my voice if you have not heard some sound doctrine somewhere. You have had to have heard some sound doctrine if you got the Holy Spirit. And that sound doctrine being that Jesus Christ was God's only begotten son, that he lived, bled, died, rose again from the dead, ascended on high, and is coming again. Some way you had to hear that. And you had to believe that to receive the Holy Spirit in the first place. Well, don't you know that if hearing sound doctrine is what got you saved, you're not going to get to where God wants you by listening to nonsensical doctrine. 
You say, Apostle, break that thing down for us. Now make that make that thing even plainer for us. All right, here's how God has given it to me. It took sound doctrine to keep to get you saved, and it's gonna take sound doctrine to keep you saved. It took sound doctrine to get you into the family of God. It took sound doctrine in order for you to receive the Holy Spirit. It's going to take sound doctrine to keep you moving with the Spirit. You can See, some of you, what you've done, let me tell you what some of you have done. You have heard sound doctrine to get you saved, but now you're listening to crazy doctrine, and that's why your life is all in a mess. <laughs> you, you, it's about like somebody that, that buy a car and they recommend uh, using premium gasoline and you buy the car with a tank full of premium gasoline, but then, you know, once you burn that tank out, then you say, man, I don't want to spend all that money on no premium gasoline. Regular will do just fine. And you start filling the car up with regular gasoline, even though the owner's manual tell you that you need premium gasoline and you wonder why the car don't drive right. Some of you all, you wonder, how come, how come my life just ain't going right? How come, how come stuff ain't going right like it's supposed to in my marriage? How come stuff just ain't going right, going right in the church like it's supposed to? How come stuff ain't going Because you, you don't mess around and you don't filled up on regular when the manual is calling for premium. Say, Apostle, what's driving now? What's the parable now? Sound doctrine is the premium. God saved you and I with sound doctrine. In other words, God saved you and I with truth from God. And this is why Paul, this is why Paul go off now. Paul said, look now. Paul said, look, 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 look. He's Paul said in verse 3, are you so foolish? After beginning with the spirit, after beginning with premium gasoline, Are you now trying to obtain your goal by human effort? Are you now trying to obtain your goal with regular gasoline? You started out running just fine with premium. Who, who is it got in and told you that now you can put some regular gasoline in this car? Who, who, is, who, who told you that? Like God asked, God asked Adam in the garden, who told you that you was naked? Where you get that from? God, God, God said, look, I, this is why God asked Adam in the garden, who told you that you were naked? Adam, God was, you know, calling for Adam. God was like, Adam. Adam, God, God like, what is, what is this all about? Now, where's where Adam? Now, how come Adam, I, normally when I call Adam, he's front and center. Now I'm calling Adam, and he ain't, he's nowhere there. He's nowhere to be found. He's nowhere to be found. Adam, where you at? You know? Adam hide amongst the trees in the garden. God, like, you know, didn't you hear me? What, 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 what's going on here? Uh, Lord, Adam, like, uh, Lord, you know, I was afraid because, uh, you know, I was naked. And, and God said, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 ho, ho, ho. Who told you you were naked? God said, who, 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 have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat from? God said, God said, because the only way you're going to have that information right there is the devil done got in here somewhere. See, children of God, it, it, you know, the Holy Spirit, it don't take the Holy Spirit, you know, any time to spot when the devil done got in on the scene. That may take you and I a little time, you know, to find out that when the devil, you know, exactly how the devil has got in and exactly what. But, but the Holy Spirit knows immediately. See, that's why a lot of times we can discern something is not right long time before we know what's wrong. We just discern, you know. We just sent So pause and look. After beginning with the Spirit, you began with the Spirit. Paul said, that's all you got to do. And I'm here to encourage you 2,000 years later. That's all you got to do is move by the Holy Spirit. 
Some of you all out there, you're trying to figure out, I'm trying to think up, I'm trying to cook up. Look, let me, let me make this thing real plain. Just be led by the Spirit of God. You won't miss heaven. Now, you mess, mess around and miss heaven running behind men's doctrine. You mess around and miss heaven running, mess around running behind men. You can mess around and miss heaven running behind denominational practices and sectarianism. You can miss heaven with all that kind of foolishness. But you will never miss heaven being led by the Spirit of God. Pause and look. You're not trying to obtain your goal by human effort. Now, what, now what kind of sense does that make now? You know, I, I was reading something, just a little bit of an article last night uh, in regards to the Chicago Bulls. I don't know who they had played. But, you know, I know that last last season I think they had gotten rid of uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau. I always thought he was an excellent coach. Uh, he was there with Doc Rivers, helped the Boston Celtics uh, win, that, win those championships some years ago. And, you know, he was I thought he was doing an excellent job with Chicago. I used to like the way Chicago Bulls would play. They were tough defenders, and that translated into they were just a good team. Now, they didn't win championship, you know, which many people were expecting, but I felt like he was doing a very, very solid job. Well, they got rid of him last year. And I remember thinking in, in my mind when that happened, you all really don't know what you've done. That I felt like they had got rid of maybe one of the top five coaches in the NBA. I was like, y'all don't know what y'all done. Well, I read an article last night. You know, even though I'm here in South Africa, I still try to keep up with some of the NBA news in the States. But I read an article last night where Chicago had got beat to death by somebody. They just got beat to death. And, you know, the commentators were talking about how they, you know, they weren't playing defense, which was what they were, they were known for when Tom Thibodeau was there. But, you know, and they also had, you know, they were just talking about, you know, how the, how the team looked so, so, so much different. You say, Apostle, what, what are you driving at? Sometimes we don't realize what we have until it's gone. Sometimes in relationships, you know, maybe there are one or two things. Maybe you have a husband or a wife or, or you've got a, a close one or a loved one, and you maybe have 97 things that are going very well in that relationship but you mess around and break up because of the three things that are not. And then once you get broke up, you, you, you end up missing all of those other 97 things. That's what happened with the Chicago Bulls. Whatever the problem was, a few little problems, there had to be some problems they had with Coach Thibodeau. You know, my thing was that needs to be bearable. Or let's, let's see if we can't iron that out because of these other 97 good things that he's doing. Understand, children of God, there are none of us that are perfect. You know, you, you ladies out there looking for the perfect man, let me tell you something. You're not going to find him. You're not going to find him. Because you, if you saved out there, you've already found him in Christ Jesus. All the rest of us is flawed, got issues, got some drama, got some baggage, got all kind of stuff. Brothers out there, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all out there, ah, Pastor C, I'm looking for the perfect woman, bruh. Look, ain't no perfect woman. Let me tell you that. God tried that one time with the woman in the garden. And she messed up just like the perfect man messed up. Ain't no perfect woman. Women going to have issues, you know. And part, and see, here's the thing. If you did find, find the perfect woman, guess what, bruh? She wouldn't need you. Uh-oh, let me say that again now. Uh-oh. If you did find the perfect woman, she wouldn't need you. You say, Apostle, why? Why? Because part of our responsibility as males is to wash 
uh, uh, that wife or to wash them with the word of God to help make her holy, to help make her perfect. Your responsibility as a man of God is not to complain about how imperfect she is, but through and by the word of God and through and by washing her with the word of God, you help to perfect her. Mm, like we're getting into a couple seminar here. Getting into a couple seminar. All right. So so let's keep some things in mind. So Paul is Paul said, look, man, you 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 know uh, look at verse five. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? Paul said, Now I got another question for you. Since we you done got me on this thing here, is that why God is working miracles? Is that why God gives you his spirit? Because you're trying to observe the law? If that was the case, then Christ and what he did on the cross was not necessary at all. Well, with that as a background, we're not going to go over the whole chapter, children of God, for time's sake. But we're going to come on down here. And as Paul deals with the law and the promise, Paul said, look, let me explain this thing to you. A little bit better, because just like God said, some of them out there under the sound of your voice, Robert, they need this thing explained a little better. The law and the promise, they're not fighting against each other. They are basically the same thing at different stages. All right, now let's, let's just deal with it. Me, when I was 10 years old, it was still me, but I was just a child. All right, now I'm a grown man. Bible said when I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. I was a child, 10 years old. But it was, that was me. Now, that was me. All right, you say, boss, what you driving at? The law was God. That was how God wanted things done when the law was in effect. But look at verse 20. Look at, look at our verse here, verse 24. Now, let's go back to verse 23. Before this faith or before the promise, faith and the promise are the same thing. We're talking about the law, the Mosaic law, the Pentateuch, all of that's referring to the same thing. But look at what the Bible says. Before this faith, this faith, what, what is this faith now? What exactly is this faith? We're talking about this faith in Christ. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law. In other words, that's what told us what to do. That's what told us how to do. That's what told us where, when, what, what was what. That was how God communicated and dealt with his people at that time. Just like me at 10 years old. That was me at that time. You know, I show some of you all, I show, sometimes I show some of the saints pictures of me when I was 10, you know, different things. Oh, saints laugh so hard. Ah, look at you, boss. Look out. Uh-huh. See, that was me then. But this is me now. God said, look, now that faith has come. God said, this is me now. This is how I'm telling my people how to operate now. This is how I'm telling my people how to do now. Yeah, then I told you to bring one-tenth of what your flocks, your herds, and your fields produce. But God said, now I'm telling you on the first day of the week, each one of you is to lay aside a sum of money and keep him with his income, saving it up so that when the Apostle Paul comes, no collections will have to be made. That, then I told you that there were three feasts that every, every Israelite male had to go to. But now God says, let every man give what he is determined in his heart to give. Then... And now, and, and you say, Apostle, what you got now? What you, you mess around and get yourself in trouble with God, just like the Galatian saints trying to mix the then with the now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the Holy Ghost was going to go quite this deep today like this, I had, but we thank you today. 
God said, you will mess around and get yourself in trouble with me trying to mix the then with the now. You mess around and come up with me trying to treat me like I'm a 10-year-old boy. We're going to have problems. Me and you're going to have problems right to start with. I don't care if you knew me when I was 10 years old. You can't treat me like I'm 10 years old now. I'm a grown man. And some of the saints of the Christian Center, when you hear this, see, I, I see one of you already laughing. I'm a grown man. I ain't going to say all the way. I'm a grown man. You can't come be treating me like I'm 10 now. That was me then. you got to deal with me at where I am now. See, children of God, this is why sometimes we really have to separate ourselves from folk that knew us when we won't save. Because, see, the Bible said that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. But sometimes when you meet folk that knew you or you see folk that knew you before you were saved, they're going to come in and start sometimes trying to treat you just like they did before you were saved. And you can't have that. Folk come in and ain't seen me in 40 years. Come on, you take the snake. What's up, baby? Take the snake. Look, man, ain't no more Jake the snake, baby. See, no more, no more. That was then. This is now. Paul said, look, you're messing around, and you're going to mess around and jeopardize your now by trying to, to, to go back to a then. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you mess around and jeopardize your now blessings from God from some then blessings that, that God had. Then, that was then, that was then. Paul said, look, now, before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law. Watch this. Locked up until faith should be revealed. Boss, look, faith has been revealed now. We don't need to be going into all of this stuff, trying to mix the law up with different things. Faith has been revealed. God, done, one of the last things Jesus said on the cross, it is done. Well, what did he do? He faithfully carried out all the righteous requirements of the law which no other man had done. No other man could do. Jesus did it. Jesus perfectly kept all 613 rules, commands, and statutes of the Old Testament law. So now it ain't a matter of us trying to do that. It's now a matter of our placing our faith in him who has already done that. Let me, let me say this again. It's not a matter of us trying to go back and keep the law. Oh, I got to make sure that I don't wear two clothes made out of two different fabrics. Oh, I can't. Got to make sure that if I, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. No, no, no. Jesus done done that. Now, for you and I, children of God, it's a matter of us placing our faith in the one who has already done that, the one who has already faithfully and successfully carried out every single minute detail, every single jot and tittle of the law. Jesus did it. And then hauled off and died as a substitute for our sins and then hauled off and had the audacity to raise his own self up from the dead. That is what our God has done for us. Now, you get caught up in the dance. You got some people, watch this now, and the Lord is doing me, some people that can't even move forward in their life 
they can't even live in the now blessings of life because they they still crying about then. And I heard the Lord ask the prophet Samuel way back in 1 Samuel chapter 16, God said, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. God said, I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. You say, Apostle, what in the world that mean to me? Some of you all out under the sound of my voice, you can't even meet your David because you're still mourning for your Saul. Still crying about stuff that happened 20 and 30 years ago. Let that mess go and move on with God. Now that faith has come. We are no longer be held prisoner. We're no longer to be held prisoner by the law. Some of you out on the sound of my voice, God says it's so, so I can say it. Some of y'all are like, Apostle, why you go, go, going all in my business? Like that, got to go in your business. God said go in your business. First of all, you ain't got no business. I don't know who you think you are out there. You ain't got no business. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before God's eyes. I ain't got no business. God see everything. God talk about everything. Ain't no your business, my business. Who we think we are? Who we in the world we think we are? God see and know everything. He take and put all of us just out there. Just, just put us right on out there. He God. He can do anything he want to do. We're no longer held prisoner by the law. Don't be held prisoner by anything that God has freed you of. God has freed us by the law. Some of y'all still want to be held prisoner. God has freed us from our past life. Some of y'all still want to be held prisoner. God has freed us from sin, freed us from, freed us from doubt. Freed us. God has freed us. Some of us want to go, go back. Lock me up. Lock me back up, Mr. Devil. Put me back in bondage, Mr. Devil. I'll keep right on being depressed, Mr. Devil. I'll keep right on being discouraged, Mr. Devil. I'll keep right on with a lack of confidence, Mr. Devil. Forget that, Mr. Devil stuff. <laughs> You're free. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You know what I'm more, Mr. Devil? Get behind me, Satan. That's what you tell to the devil. Come on, saints. Let's close this message now. <laughs> Some of the Christian son of saints over there laughing to my Mr. Devil. I ain't no Mr. Devil. So, what do we understand today? We understand that the law was put in effect to do what? To lead us to Christ. If you're wondering what's the purpose of the law, see, anything, if it's used wrong, there's going to be a problem. Even if the law, as holy and righteous and pure as it is, if it's used wrong, it's going to mess around and be problems. You've got to know what, thing, what the purpose of things was so that you don't operate in abuse. Because when the proper purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. You, when, you don't, when you don't know your purpose, you're doing some crazy stuff. You're doing some stuff. You're doing some stuff that God don't want you doing. When you don't know purpose. So it's important to find out purpose. Of what, Apostle? Of anything you're going to be using? Purpose of a car is to take you back and forth to the places you go, not to fill up with gas and explosives and drive into a crowded area and kill off just as many people as you can. That's not the purpose. Most of what you're going to find with what they call a lot of these terrorist groups and ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all, they, what, what they do and the reason why they upset people and they, they be striking fear in a lot of people's hearts because they be using stuff out of purpose. They be, that's what they be doing. Oh, they take little bitty girls, strap all kind of explosives around them, send them in somewhere, make them push the plunge and blow everything up. But that's not how you use little girl. They're taking all kind of stuff and using it out of its purpose. 
When you got people that are constantly and continuously using things out of their purpose, they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. Whatever it is that, that is being used out outside of its purpose is very, very dangerous. People get hurt. Lives get destroyed. See, So what you say, Apostle, what are you driving at? God, who is the creator of all things, if he's, if he's wise enough, to create all things, surely he should be wise enough to know the purpose of all things. Let me, let me say that again. You, you know, I remember at one side messing around and uh, found this thing, and I bought a, a vehicle and found this piece of metal in my glove compartment. I didn't know what in the world metal was about, you know. But I had sense enough to know that the makers of Nissan, with the manual that they get, they know what it was there for. And it's right there in the manual. Now, I didn't know. I just saw a man, piece of metal, man. I could have took it and threw it, hit somebody up the head. I could have took it. I don't know anything. I didn't know what it was. But the makers of the vehicle knew what it was for and had it in the manual. You say, Apostle, what that mean to me? That means that the maker of you, the maker of me, which is God Almighty, he got the purpose of you and the purpose of me in the manual, which is the Bible. God, the maker of the law. God said, the purpose of the law, here it is, Robert. God said, I'm telling you. I'm like, Lord, what's the purpose of the law? God said, it leads you to Christ. I'm sorry, I said, Lord, I'm already in Christ. God was saying, then the law has done his job. See, if you out there, if you out there still trying to, to, to keep the law, then what you're doing is you're rejecting the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was not for you to be trying to keep it after Christ has come. The purpose of the law was to lead you to Christ. you you really rejecting the purpose of the law, even if you out there trying to keep it. You're rejecting the purpose because the purpose of the law was to bring you to Christ. If you out there still trying to keep the law and obtain a righteous relationship before God by keeping the law, you actually breaking the law. Because what the law was trying to do and was meant to do and was, was, was to bring you to Christ. Well, you, now you're rejecting that. You're rejecting what the law was really all about. The law was about bringing you and I to Christ. And the Bible says, now that faith has come. Look at verse 25. We are no longer under supervision of the law. Don't tell me no whole lot of stuff about the law, the law, the law, the law. Now, tell me what God has said. Tell me what the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because now that faith has come, I'm no longer under the supervision of the law. What was this now? Can you imagine your high school principal? You done graduated from high school. Your high school principal all over your house telling you, you got to be in class tomorrow morning. Hey, come on, bro. I done graduated. You just, I just graduated. You, you do remember you shook my hand on the stage when you gave me the diploma. Principal like, no, nah, never mind all that. I want you in mathematics class first thing tomorrow morning, Robert Ryan. I'm like, look, man, this principal don't need no disrespect, man, but you out of control. You out of control. I'm graduated. I'm past that. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? Children of God, we passed the law. Not the royal law found in Scripture. We passed the Mosaic law. Now that faith has come, God said we're no longer under the supervision of the law. Now that faith has come. Well, now what, what is happening? God said, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write my laws on your hearts. 
God said, what I'm going to do now, whereas I was, I was leading you through the writing on the stone tablets, God said, now I'm going to lead you from deep within the holy of holies inside of you. I'm gonna do, God said, I'm going to lead you from right within your spirit. My spirit, God says, is now alive inside of your human spirit. I'm leading you from the inside. I used to be leading you from the outside with these with these stone tablets with the right on them. You could read, you could see, but God said, now I'm on the inside of you, leading and guiding you. God leading. See, what you're trying to say, take God leading to show you what the purpose of the law was. So you can come out from under it and now walk in the freshness and the newness of the new covenant, the freshness and the newness of relationship, restored relationship with God through and by our personal uh, our personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God leading. See, you out there still trying to keep the law. What you're really doing is you're rejecting the leadership of God. You don't know that. You're rejecting the leadership of God. Because God said, all right, the law is supposed to lead you to Christ. You're like, no, 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 I ain't going to Christ. Well, I'm going to keep the law. Well, see, you're rejecting God. If I like police stop, you police tell you, get out of the car. You'd be like, no, no, I ain't getting out of the car. Please, all right, you stay right there. Then you say, no, I'm jumping out. See, you just re- you just rebelling. you just kicking against everything the police say. You're gonna, somebody going to mess around and you're going to get hit upside the head with something. Police tell you get out the car. You're like, no, I ain't getting out. I'm standing here. Police say, all right, you stay right there. I'm going. No, I'm getting out now. And see, you just a rebel. You rebel. You rebel. You rebel. Let the Lord lead us. Let us obey the Spirit of God. Let us get in in the habit and in the practice of just obeying. Of just being led, you know, that small, still voice tell you, look, you know, shut up. Sometimes the Holy Ghost just be like, shut up. We be having something to say. We be, no, be like, shut up. You be retired sometimes, Holy Ghost be like, get up. Be real, real, real hungry sometimes, Holy Ghost like, look, don't eat. Just be led, children of God. Delay. You know, that is our responsibility. That is our challenge now. To allow God, now that faith has come, now that we are no longer under the supervision of the law, to be led by the Spirit of the Most High God. And as you do that, my brother and my sister there, God has a peace for you and I that surpasses all understanding. God has promised that if we keep our eyes fixed on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. As we obey, God has got great, great things for you and I. That's the message. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today, Father, for speaking in our midst, for speaking to us, through us, for us, for giving us this day our daily bread. We reverence you. We magnify you. We adore you. We thank you, Father, for not dealing with us as our sins deserve. We can't thank you enough for that, Father, because 
we realize that had justice been served, we'd have been dead and gone a long time ago. We'd have been in hell a long time ago. We'd have been stoned to death a long time ago. If even the Mosaic law was in effect, we'd have been stoned to death or some stuff or killed or wiped out from the, a long time ago. But Father, we thank you that now that faith has come, mercy has come. We thank you, Father, that now that faith has come, grace has come. Father, we thank you today. I pray, Heavenly Father, that any soul under the sound of my voice that does not know you in the pardon of their sins, that has not uh, entered into a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that this day they will be convicted and converted. This day they will confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that they will believe in their heart that you, Heavenly Father, raised him from the dead, that they may be saved. Pray, Father, that they will repent of all sins and that you will fill them with their Holy Spirit and make them into a new creature. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that the Lord added to the church daily such as would be saved. We pray, Father, that you're adding to your church today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray also, Father, for those who already know you, that a word was spoken today to strengthen somebody, to encourage somebody, to, to clarify someone in your word and in your wisdom, that your good, pleasing, and perfect will may be better done in their life. We trust, Father, you're going to do these things for us as we are touching and agreeing in the spirit, asking in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And amen. The Lord bless you, children of God, and may heaven continue to smile on you. Uh, as you all know, I'm on missionary tour in South Africa, uh, Pretoria to be exact. For those of you that want to be a blessing to the ministry, uh, feel free. You can go to our TalkShoe homepage or our church website. Click on Donate and let the Lord lead you. And we trust that God will bless you very well. May God continue to bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, we pray.